What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these messages with your friends and family, thank you so very much for doing that. We have people that are tuning in from all over the place. Continue to do that. Also, for those of you that continue to give online, thank you so much for your generosity. That allows us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people in our community and show people the hands and feet of Jesus. In fact, our next food pantry will be Thursday, December the 1st. We have a couple of food drives coming in this month in November, and we didn't want to waste those food drives. And so our next food pantry will be Thursday, December the 1st. Spread the word. And if you would like to volunteer, we would love to have you. Also, we have a women's prayer group that's starting, a Bible study prayer group that's starting. It's going to be starting on Monday nights at 6 o'clock, and the first night will be November the 14th at 6 p.m. on Monday night. So if you're interested in that, that'll be Monday the 14th at 6 p.m. at the Water's Edge. We would love to see you there and hang out with you. Now today we continue with our current series, and let me just introduce it to you in this way. Sometimes we can understand each other, and sometimes you and I can misunderstand each other, and they can absolutely change our life. They can encourage our life. They can ruin our life. They can hurt our day. They can lift up our day or they can damage our day and devastate our day. And the fact is this, they can never be erased. The question is, what is they? Today, we continue with our current series entitled Sticks and Stones. Now, we all have people in our life, friends and family, kids and co-workers, spouses, neighbors, parents, casual friendships, church relationships, and on and on. And so as people of faith, we all know that we should be people of love, kindness, grace, empathy, compassion, sympathy, and acceptance. And we understand that just like you and I, the other people in our life, they have, just like us, hopes and dreams and scars and a past and stories and battles and struggles and wounds. And one of the main reasons that God gave you and I the New Testament was to teach you and I how to properly and lovingly relate to the other people in our life, to all people in our life, because we all want to represent Jesus Christ Christ to the people in our life, and He's the God of love. And so this series is about how you and I relate to the other people in our life and love the other people in our life and how we make the other people feel, especially on the inside, about themselves. Now, the words that you and I speak to each other can get us into a lot of trouble, and it can cause a lot of damage. And so this series is basically about you and I learning how to keep our big mouths in check and sometimes how to keep our big mouths shut. Now, have you ever said something to someone and very quickly right afterwards you wish that you could just take it back you wish that you could just erase it I think that we all have but I seem to be above average when it comes to this I remember when I was going to college I was working at a Conoco at a convenience store and one day I was working with another worker there and there was this lady who was walking into the store and we were both looking out the window at her and I turned to my coworker and I said man I can't stand this lady she's always giving me a hard time she's so annoying and my coworker looked at me he goes hey yeah I know that's my mom and so open my mouth and insert my foot, man. I seem to be above average at saying things that I probably shouldn't say. Now, last week we started this series off by talking about this one discipline, this one principle that can help all of us out during any type of relationship tension and conflict. And this habit was this, that you and I need to be very quick to listen and slow to speak. 
quick to listen to the people in our life and slow to speak. We also talked about how in times of conflict that we all want the same thing that everyone else in our life wants and that's to be listened to and heard and understood first, not confronted or corrected first. And so today we move on with part two. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Now, our words to each other are very powerful and my life and your life can be shaped by the words that we speak and by the words that other people speak to us and about us and specifically what is spoken, and notice this today, to us, over us, and about us. Words have the ability to shape our childhood. Words have the ability to shape our marriage, our confidence, our faith, our self-esteem, and our futures. There have been times when someone who has very low self-esteem and a very low self-view and very low self-confidence can have a greater self-esteem and a greater self-view and a higher self-confidence just by the words spoken to them over them and about them by someone else. And then I have seen people who have a high self-esteem and a high self-confidence just get it crushed and ripped apart and torn apart by the words that other people spoke to them and over them and about them. Our words are powerful and our words are very, very heavy. And this is what I mean. And so notice this today. If you're still with me, so I'm still with you. Words are not equally weighted. For instance, you and I rarely, we very seldom remember the very encouraging things that other people speak to us, but we remember all the time and we have a very hard time forgetting the very negative and hurtful things that people say to us. You and I have to be careful because all of our words weigh different. Our words land differently. Our words are weighted differently. And so we all need to be very quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, James was the half-brother of Jesus and he was a very major leader in the early Christian church. And James writes a letter to the first century Christians about the power of our words and how to properly love and show the love of God to other people and how to properly relate to the other people in our life. In fact, the greatest regret that most relationships could have in this life could have all been avoided if we would just have practiced this, being quick to listen and slow to speak. And also, if we would apply this to our life right now, we would avoid so many future relationship hurts, heartbreaks, and regrets. And so we pick up today in James chapter 3, and there really is some very extraordinary relationship insight in these verses. And so if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. James chapter 3, verse 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Now, this verse, this is what James is trying to get us to understand, that if you and I can gain control of our words, if we can gain control of what we say, which means in reality, we gain control of our impulses, If we can gain control of our impulses and what we say in our words, then we can pretty much keep the rest of our entire life out of trouble. That's what he's saying right here. But the opposite is also true. If we lose control of our words, that means we've lost control of our impulses, and that means we're going to have a lot of trouble in our life and probably for the rest of our life. And so we pick up and we move on in verse 3. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Now, right here, James makes a point that we even see this true in animals. If you control the mouth, you can control the entire animal. If you can control the mouth, you can control the entire life and you can control the entire animal by just a small bit in their mouth. Control the mouth, control the life. Look at verse four. 
And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. These massive ancient cargo ships that had all of this cargo on them were driven by a very small rudder in the back of the ship. And this small part had a big influence. James says this small little rudder has a big influence on the entire ship. And just like our words and just like our tongue is a small part of our body, it has a a massive, massive influence on the rest of our life. A small part of you can has a, has a big influence on other people and on your life, good or bad, positive or negative, encouraging or hurtful. Look at verse five. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest fire. Notice the application, just like a match can start an entire forest fire, your tongue has eight small muscles in it that never get tired. Let me say that again. Just like a single match can start a massive damaging forest fire, your tongue has eight small muscles in it that never get tired. And so your words, even though small, can be very damaging, like a match can start a massive forest fire. Your words can control your entire destiny. Look at verse 6. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. In other words, our tongue has the potential to cause massive pain, massive destruction. Our words, what we say, has the potential to cause massive pain and massive destruction. It affects everything. Your boss doesn't just fire your mouth. He, fire, he fires the entire part of you. The school doesn't just suspend your mouth. They suspend all of you. Your spouse doesn't just divorce your mouth. They divorce all of you. Our words can change the entire direction of our life and someone else's life too. You can burn down your future with just your words. You can burn down your relationships with just your words. You can burn down your job. You can burn down your dreams. You can burn down your kids' esteem. You can burn down your church with just your words. And then once we do that and once we're confronted, what do we normally do? Own up to it? Not usually. Make things right? Not usually. Stop speaking and start listening? Not usually. No, we usually get defensive and try to defend ourselves instead of just coming forward and making things right. Even if you feel justified or misunderstood, you are still responsible for the problems that you create with your words. Now this word hell in verse 6, it does not mean the bad place and the fiery place. It actually means this, and notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. It means the source of evil. So basically, when you say things that hurt other people, it's not just a difference of opinions behind your words. When we speak in ways that cut other people, that break other people, and that hurt other people, that doesn't just come from you sharing a difference of opinions. According to the scripture, it is evil. And it comes from hell itself. Look at verses 7 through 8. 
People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's a restless and evil and full of deadly poison. Now, in these two verses, James teaches us this, that the word tame here means subdued. It means brought under control. So James says right here that it's nearly impossible to bring your mouth and your words to subdue them and bring them under control. Your tendency, my tendency, is to say damaging things and hurtful things and heartbreaking things to other people in our life. Our tendency is to be very unpredictable with our impulses and the words that follow our impulses. Your tongue and your words should come with a warning label. My tongue and my words, my mouth should come with a warning label. So be sure to guard your words. You just don't know how. How do I guard my words that can cause so much damage? Be very quick to listen and very slow to speak. Look at verse 9. Sometimes our mouth, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. Now, right here, James gets very clear, and he gets very blunt, and this is what he says. Sometimes our words make us look a bit ridiculous, hypocritical, not very natural. We come to church and we praise God. And then on Monday, we talk about someone, we judge someone, we gossip, we lie, we tear down, we have other people for lunch, and we cause pain. On worship day, we use our mouth to say that we love God. But then during the rest of the week, we use our words to tear people down. Look at verses 10 through 12. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. The answer to every one of these questions is obviously no, and the reason why is because these things are not natural. And the point James is making is this. When we do that with our words, when we with our mouth worship God and love God and say that we stand for love and stand for Jesus and then we cut other people with our words and damage other people with our words and hurt other people with our words. James says our life is not making sense and it's not natural. Our words have constant and big potential to do good or evil in this life and it'll always be a battle and so because it'll always be a battle you and I must be very very quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, our, now, since our tongue is so unpredictable, what does God want us to do? Since it's very hard to tame and subdue, what would God have us to do about this problem? Well, notice some final quick and very powerful observations. If you're still with me, so I'm still with you. Number one, don't focus on being right. Focus on making things right. During times of conflict with other people, the example of Jesus was to reconcile. And this is what it means to reconcile. It means to make things right. It means to fix a broken relationship. Listen, you don't need to always win. You don't need to always be right. You don't need to always prove your point. If you're that way, you're always gonna hurt people. God doesn't call us to prove our points and prove how right we are. God calls us to make things right with other people. That's why Jesus said, in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are going to be called the children of God. Number two, if you're still with me, Sam's so still with you. Recognize that your words are powerful. Like a small flame can start a big, massive forest fire, and like a small bit 
can control the entire horse. Your words can either change someone's life for the positive or destroy someone's life for the negative. And so be very quick to listen, quick to understand, and very, very slow to speak. We can't just throw our words out there like some match or it could start a forest fire. Number three, constantly surrender your urge to speak out to God. And this is what James means when he says, be quick to listen and slow to speak. You don't always need to give into that need. You don't always have to give into that feeling of speaking your mind, of correcting people, of telling people what you think they need to hear. You don't always have to give into that. And so surrender that need to always speak your mind. Surrender that to God. And then the last thing is this, number four, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Don't excuse but own the fires that you start with your words. Our words have consequences. And if your words have started fires and broken hearts, don't try to defend it. You can't. Just own it and work on it, not by proving how right you are, but by making things right by other people. And may the words that we speak go out into this world like a beautiful song the type of song that inspires people instead of tears people down and the type of song that makes people curious about the love of God. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We absolutely love you and we cannot wait to see you back next week. Have a wonderful week.